Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugs your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do? Tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone. A Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Conversations Against Living Miserably, a podcast where we try to find solace in a world where our brains are usually against us. My name is Aaron Gillis, and each week I'll be joined by... Me, Lauren Patterson. Each week we chat to a different guest about how they try and live their life without misery. But we try and do it with a little bit of laughter, because otherwise that sounds like a pretty gloomy idea for a podcast. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Dave, the TV channel, and Calm, the campaign against living miserably. Morning, and welcome back to Conversations Against Living Miserably, a podcast that raises money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably, and tries to let us all know that we aren't alone, that everyone is going through stuff or has been through stuff, and together, by talking and helping each other, we'll get through this too. This week's guest is Juliet Burton. Juliet is an award-winning actress, comedian, writer. She kind of does everything, really. Juliet's 2019 show, Defined, enjoyed a sellout run at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival this year and is now streaming on Next Up Comedy, which is the Netflix for stand-up. If you want to head over there and watch it after you've listened to this, but do it after you've listened to this, obviously. Uh, today we talked to Juliet about inspiration, mental health as a trend, and dogs. Good dog content in this episode. After you've listened uh, and you enjoy the episode or the podcast, or just the sound of my voice. Uh, If you could go to uh, iTunes and leave us a little five-star review, that'd be absolutely amazing, because it helps us get up in the iTunes charts, which means more people listen, more ad money is made, more money goes to calm, more people we save, and that is why we're doing this podcast. Uh, If you don't enjoy the episode, don't go leave a review. Um, Have a word with yourself, frankly. Uh, Look in the mirror, have a word with yourself. Why did you not enjoy it? And then, uh, I don't know, just leave me a a direct message full of abuse. That's what most people do. Um, Anyway... 
Uh, here's a, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, here is Lauren and myself speaking to Juliet Burton. I was just about to say, welcome to another episode of Aaron Makes Lauren Anxious by leaving these coffees so close to the edge of the desk. <laughs> Every week it's proper on the it's edge. It's like fault. it's like a metaphor for my mental health. Just dangerously close. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. This week we are joined by the wonderful Julia Burton. Hello. Hello. Very nice to have you here. <laughs> it's very nice to be here. Um, it's very you. nice to cheer my own introduction. I <laughs> <laughs> don't remember doing that. That's so got to be a positive affirmation to begin with definitely you should do it every single time you introduce yourself to anyone new sure yeah. <laughs> hi I'm Juliet yeah <laughs> I yeah. think it'll catch on <laughs> thanks definitely. so much for having me this is such a lovely lovely little cupboard you've got here oh thank Isn't you welcome it? to the cupboard it's a lovely yeah. cupboard <laughs> sounds slightly creepy doesn't it Welcome, welcome to the cupboard. We store all of our anxiety in here. <laughs> and then leave it in here when you leave? Yeah. Yeah, well, we do wish. It does seem weird that we keep dragging people into an exceptionally small, if not daunting, room to yeah. talk about mental health at them for half an hour. And it's grey as well in here, but it's actually quite bright, which is... That's another metaphor. We could just do metaphors. It's grey, but also bright. <laughs> like my mental well-being. <laughs> Oh, first question. That yeah, hi, hi. <laughs> I'm such a bad presenter. I'm always like, how do I subtly weave in the first question? And then I always just drop it. Nah, just no segues needed. It. Nobody yeah. needs segues anymore. Our first question is, when yeah. was the last time you felt calm? When was the last time I felt calm? Oh, God. Um, so <laughs> I've, I've literally, I've just come from therapy uh, mm. today. And uh, I was... In therapy, I've been in therapy for about 17 years now. And she was saying that my therapist was saying, you you seem very still. And I was like, okay, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. If I'm not, my mind's not feeling very still. I, I find it very difficult to be calm. And I've realized in this new therapy that I'm doing that um, a lot of that is tied into this feeling of constantly having to battle my own feelings. So not being able to sit with my feelings, not being mm. calm with not being calm. Um, so having to constantly feel like I have to fix it or solve it however I recently actually asked on, on social media I said right how, how do you calm yourselves because there's only so many bubble baths a girl can have mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people were sending back the things that the age old things that I've heard so many times about meditation I don't know about you guys but I've tried meditation I've done guided meditation I've done in therapy meditation I've done inpatient meditation I've done um, all kinds of different types of med- meditation and medication but with med- meditation I find it incredibly hard like a lot of us do but I find that moving meditation is the one that actually helps me like silence my mind Ooh, what's what? that one I don't know what that well, is well um, there's this thing called running <laughs> oh right that is not what I was picturing no not at all I was picturing some form of floating yeah mm. well there's there's a lot of my friends do things like Tai Chi and yeah. uh, they sing the praises about that and I, I've I've often thought maybe I should give that a go but I I like uh, quick fixes and um, so I have been I've taken up running this year and um, my therapist reflected back to me that um that that is a type of moving med- meditation mm. because you yeah sorry <laughs> it's all right um you can fiddle with my uh my boom not that's not my boom but I'm, i mean just i'm gonna make up, up terminology <laughs> Uh, I do get arrested. Uh, fiddling with my microphone to make sure that it was it was gradually going towards some part of my body that maybe <laughs> not many people need to listen to. Um, 
maybe I need to listen to myself more and that would help me with uh, being more centred and grounded. Yeah, so my therapist reflected back to me when I started running um, that it is a type of moving meditation, mm. that it's a way of silencing my brain and it's why I like doing long distance running mm. rather than short distance running because by about two kilometres into my run, I'm like, I'm still, my brain's nattering away. Three kilometres in, I'm kind of starting to remember how to breathe um, and then by about 5k in, I'm starting to feel a little bit more of an endorphin surge yeah. and mm-hmm. my breathing is starting to be something I'm not thinking about and there might be pains and I might be noticing those things like you do in meditation if you're sitting there grounded and settled then you're meant to be noticing all of the little uh, pains or um, or quivers or any sensations that you're feeling in your body and I find it so much easier when I'm moving to do that rather than when I'm sitting still mm-hmm. um, I don't know what that says about me but by but I'm sort of doing I, I feel again my mind is not silencing itself right now <laughs> but because as soon as I start to say I'm doing I'm doing 10k at the moment regularly when I'm running and actually in my mind I'm thinking oh god no because if you say that then you're going to stop doing 10k and it, <laughs> you, you can't say that don't own that because that's not yours you're, you're going to you're going to fail you're going to fail you're going to fail I think that that being able to silence my brain and silence those that constant inner critic constant fretfulness that anxiety the depression voice the anxiety voice the eating disorder voices the obsessive compulsive disorder voices there's very few moments in my life where they are they just shut the gut mm-hmm. um, am I allowed to swear absolutely okay shut the fuck up <laughs> um, they just don't really quieten themselves so if I keep my my body busy um, or my mind busy but in a productive way rather than a self, self-destructive mm-hmm. way um, because things like my bulimia was uh, another moment where in in a one sense I was calm because all I was doing was focusing on the sensation of food or binging or purging yeah. mm-hmm. which is an unhealthy coping mechanism but the, our minds are very creative and they find new creative ways of surviving the emotional trauma or distress that we have felt or are feeling so my mind has created so many creative ways to to survive which I need to be thankful for it for <laughs> grammar um, <laughs> but uh, but now I'm trying to identify healthier ways to calm it mm. it's a very long winded answer of running no. yeah, last time I thought calm was, was, was running I went to St Paul's Cathedral as well recently for the first time Ooh. I mean I don't know if calm is the word but like <laughs> awe inspired oh god what I've, I've not been in a mad, man made it's the microphone's dropping again towards my crotch what is so attractive about my crotch um, Listen, that's for a different podcast <laughs> <laughs> actually interestingly I do think that that Having having a good kiss, Should we, a good kiss is also another another moment that calms Aww. my mind. Um, but with with the right person. Um, and speaking of uh, sexual awakening, uh, St Paul's Cathedral. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've never I've never cried at a man made structure before. Uh, at the beauty of a man made structure. Um, I kept saying, so I told one of my friends, I've never cried at a beauty of a man made building, and they were like, Is there any other kind of building? <laughs> Damn you! Uh, yeah, I, I cried. I cried once at a really beautiful vista, like a beautiful landscape that I was looking at on holiday one. And I remember just like being thinking to myself, what a wanky tourist you are, just <laughs> crying at how beautiful this is. But then I did that in my na- my now hometown of London mm. um, at St Paul's Cathedral. Because have you been inside it? I've it's... never been. No. Oh, man. I went to Evensong. I don't care about the like meaning behind it. I mean, I do care, but you know, like I'm not I'm not there for for the kind of in, in investment in the religion. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to feeling connected to something greater than yourself and uh, escaping your own ego, yeah, that was yeah. a very moving moment. 
nice. I felt quite like that in Athens. Mm. Went to Athens this year. I've always wanted to go and just looking at all these like so cool buildings, like forgotten their names. They were that cool. The, Col- the Acropolis. Acropolis. Yeah. Pantheon. Pantheon. I was about to say the Colosseum. That's Rome. That's <laughs> Rome. I don't think I mean Pantheon either. I think that's a different thing. No, I think is it? it's something like that. Okay. I was going to say pancreas. That's a body part. <laughs> it begins with but a P. We can be in awe of our pancreas. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Lovely, lovely old pancreas. <laughs> Having a cry over your pancreas. <laughs> I've I've wanted to go to Athens for a while. It was really nice, and it was like sunny, um, and just like walking around in the sunshine. And because I'm really bad for drinking water, because it was so hot, and my boyfriend was making me walk to see all these places, it was forcing me to drink water. And I was like, oh, oh, this is a nice feeling. I'm I'm hydrated and alert for <laughs> the think, first time. Because if you're on holiday, then you give yourself permission to switch off from so much yes. of the regular day to day stress. So does that kind of free up our minds to mean that we can be in touch with something that is on a deeper, calmer level. And my voice is dropping. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's not just the microphone going down. Yeah. It was actually the voice that time. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? But I, I find it very difficult to relax in general, mm-hmm. even on holiday stuff. I'm terrible on a beach holiday. Really? Do you I get just, restless? Uh, yeah, yeah, so restless. I, can't, I, I have to be constantly doing something. The moment yeah. I stop, I like I can't sit and read a book for hours and hours and hours. I can do about half really? an hour and then I'm like, I'm wasting my time. I now. read I four books in three days. Bloody I hell. like am my dad on holiday. So we did we did Athens for this like culture and sightseeing. And then we did Santorini for the beach chilling, doing nothing. And um I literally went down by the pool with a book every day and that was me. And I could see Matt getting restless being like, Do you wanna maybe like do something? And I was like, I am doing something. I'm doing nothing <laughs> and I am enjoying when do I ever get to do nothing? And I read so many books. So I, many books. I feel like it's a different mode. Like it's almost like an on off switch of like a yeah. different because I c I'm 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 like you that I can't I don't read. I, I don't I I sit there and I I've got so many books and I'll open I've got a book in my bag right now and I always carry it around being like, right, on the tube today I'm yeah. going to read the yeah. book. I read a page and then suddenly my mind will be thinking about, well, but that word's an amazing word. And this, wait a second, where's the where stop, which stop? But this page is feeling amazing. Look at the font. The font is incredible. Why is this font so beautiful? And yeah, that buzzing kind of constant overthinking. But then I think when I have gone on holiday before, uh, like that, that, that's another kind of permission of, okay, now you can just sit and be yes. still, somehow push through that chatter that you get within the first half of the 10k run i listened to a guided run the other day and they were saying about he was going on about this um it was it was nike run club and it was coach bennett um who i think i have a weird audio crush on now um and he was talking about um how think of a balloon and when you're when you're trying to blow it up you you try the first puff and it it um it doesn't go and you kind of give up on that on that puff and you um and then you try the second puff and it, it stretches a little bit more but then you just give up and then the third one after you've stretched out the rubber a little bit and all of this stuff it actually starts inflating and inflating and inflating and then you you get to a point where uh, you're so enthusiastic and you're so excited by the fact the balloon's filling up that then it bursts in your face. And it, I was like, where are you going with this? <laughs> um, and apparently it's like that with with running or with anything like with the with the reading of a book or the the being still it's you 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 have to push through those first few attempts of not and not back away from it just keep keep staying with it to the point where you you then enjoy it and it comes naturally but then be careful not to over expand yeah i don't know i, I yeah how when have when have you been calm uh recently lauren uh, no, no one ever asks us that. When, when was the last time I felt calm? Oh no, I can't 
think probably, maybe, last time I was with my niece and nephew. I can't think when that'll have been. When was it? I think we went up maybe in, like, September. Early September, I went for a weekend at home and like I took my niece and nephew to the Toby Carvery. Other roast joints are available, <laughs> but we live by a Toby Carvery. <laughs> and oh, that was just nice to just be with like, so it was me, my boyfriend, and my niece and nephew, and to just be with the people I love the most in the city that I love the most. Because I think, I think I'm calm whenever I leave London. I feel very calm at home. Um, my bed in my mum's house is like my favourite place. I think there's nothing like your childhood bed like I have I sleep the best in there and I don't know if it's because it's like comfort or like that's where I know I'm like properly home and where I fit but yeah probably last time I went to Newcastle like oh I love it see I I, I get that like I, I love that idyllic kind of I, I like that I like I want that I, I want to yeah. have that kind of sanctuary because mm. everyone needs a sanctuary um and my but my for me my childhood home is it is idyllic it's beautiful mm-hmm. it's it's in the middle of the countryside and it's oh, nice. um gorgeous like no no neighbors for miles around it's a farm and gorgeous garden um bird song you wake up to the bird song however as much as i love my family and i do i adore them um i never felt like i really belonged in that family and and i think they would admit as well that like i i'm a bit of an anomaly um and that's okay but there was there was a lot going on in my childhood that meant that when i go back there now mm-hmm. as much as i can appreciate how glorious and beautiful and if it was somebody else's home and this was a holiday home that i was yeah. going to i would love it but there's a lot of chatter going on inside my head wow. whenever i'm there so i don't feel that kind of settled sanctuary yeah. um but then I think being with children or being with dogs. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Now you're talking my language. Yeah, man. Like, I mean, cats, I'm sure, are lovely. Uh, and other animals are available. <laughs> but dogs, 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 dogs. Yeah. Um, even just taking the time. You know the, the phrase of, of taking your time to stop and smell the roses? Just mm-hmm. take your time and stop and see the puppies. <laughs> see the puppies. Watch the puppies. Um, yeah, I, I think puppies and birds uh, help me kind of just for a moment access that of the kind of being present and being content, which children help uh, from what I can understand I don't hang out with children that often <laughs> um, because I'm much too much of a child myself I think that being around anybody or anything that helps you stay in the present moment and be grateful yeah. be, grat- be gra- gratitude and fullness yeah. <laughs> it's not about like kids as well is kids are just obviously so innocent that there's no like obviously like agenda there so if I'm having a bad day they're just such little balls of like energy I think it was last time I was home I'd just done Takeshi's Castle I'd been in the commentary box on Takeshi's Castle and my nephew had commented on it and he was like um, did you know Auntie Lauren's famous Auntie Lauren's famous and my niece Aww. went eh no she's not and I was like oh alright then and I went alright do you not think I'm famous which I know I'm not but obviously I was like picking to see what she said and she went Nana says you're not famous <laughs> <laughs> so I was like eh, mother what have you been saying to the children <laughs> it's lovely to keep you grounded yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's what I love about like kids they're just they've kind of not got that filter on them but not in a nasty way just in a way that completely like just no matter how you're feeling it just it kind of brings you back to zero of being like yes yeah hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f- 
are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. anybody who kind of calls out the bullshit like I mean not that your fame your fame is is not bullshit (laughs) (laughs) it's only but but fame is a concept and the kind of the the pushing pushing people into other other categories like the otherness like whether that's you've got a disability or you're mentally ill or you're famous or you're you're not you're separate from us you're other Mm -hmm. Um, I think that distances us from from people and it it distances from us from ourselves and our authenticity and um, yeah I've I've been thinking about it a lot uh, because of like working as a comedian I friggin love it Um, but there's this weird dissonance between what it's like day to day and what it what people perceive it to be Um, and I I also think that it's something like a lot of the disabled comedians that I uh, physically disabled comedians that I I work with and and, and, um, love to pieces um, speak very strongly about this idea of um, not being an inspiration. Mm. Like the as soon as you say, "Oh, you're so inspirational," I was so inspired. So, you inspire me. Yeah, you're like, so well, brave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, the brave thing uh, I talk about in my in my most recent show that I did. That like the I think brave frustrates me because it implies that there's something to be scared of. Like, and if mm. if you're talking about mental illness or disability or something that you live with, there's nothing that's not scary. That's just that that's my regular day to day. Yeah, it's such honest, a, like, a yeah. pointed term though isn't it because if you commented on like at someone's Facebook and they uploaded a picture of their baby and went oh you're so brave yeah. <laughs> they would lose their minds yeah. exactly. and it's just such a weird word mm-hmm. um, I think if one of my friends uh, performs cabaret and she remembers doing a performance in quite a skimpy outfit once and then somebody coming up to her and saying that was very brave <laughs> And her going, what do you mean yeah. by that? Like, I think if you say someone something's brave, it implies there should be something to be scared of, which implies shame. Yes, yeah. it's that element of shame, I think. But mm-hmm. I had it once after a talk I gave where I was a bit nervous mm-hmm. about the subject matter and someone came up to me and said that was very brave. And I was just kind of like, oh, you didn't enjoy that. Yeah. It was just really weird. But then someone challenged me recently on it and said, um, well, do you not think that's because they're projecting their their own fear? They would be scared if they were to talk about mm-hmm. their own stuff. And I was like, mm-hmm. fair enough. Like, I, I get I get that. But I think that's, that's all the more reason for me to challenge that now. And the inspiration thing is a similar thing of like, oh, you're, that was so inspirational. Mm-hmm. Means... You're now in that category of inspiration porn, yeah. Of yeah. like, oh well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at you and I'm gonna go, wow, they've, oh, they've had it so hard. Oh wow, oh wow, and look at them, they're so, they're so, they're so inspirational. Mm-hmm. No, if I inspire you, or if somebody else inspires me, if somebody inspires you to do something, put the action in, yeah, that's great. Yeah, don't just, oh sorry, I'm, I'm sounding. I'm sounding ungrateful and angry, but language is powerful. And if people say you're an inspiration, that is making you that's making you other. It's making you separate, and it's not embracing the whole nuance of of a human. Where like, if you inspire somebody to do something, then you can be called inspirational. But that person doesn't. It doesn't mean that they're perfect. Like they're they're gonna sit in front of their TV and and eat Cheerios and and find bits of crisp stuck in their hair at 4am in the morning um, I'm just making this up 
completely. I don't yeah. know where I'm bringing this <laughs> from. What inspired me? Um, but yeah, the, the, I think that if we can, if we can start to uh, celebrate rather than uh, like celebrate all of us for our individuality and celebrate rather than kind of say, oh well, I, you're you're better than me and you're you're so brave. I'm I'm not. You're so inspirational. I'm not. Mm-hmm. We were all constantly inspiring each other. Yeah, yeah it's just no. It makes perfect sense because it's just lots of different voices, and I think we're at now at a time where, with social media and with kind of so many brilliant people being able to actually get in the limelight for a change, because it used to be one very much kind of select portion of society was allowed to do this. Mm-hmm. Now that there are so many different voices, it is wonderful to see so many different stories, and they're not stories we're used to. We go and see things, we want to go see stories that we don't, we want to learn about and we want to find out about. Mm-hmm. And if we're seeing something that is bold and new and even shocking, it is that idea of that's inspirational, when actually that's just someone else's norm, we've just never had that yeah. norm before. And like with physically disabled comedians, they... they want to do something because it makes them happy they want to tell their story and mm-hmm. they've never had a chance to tell their story before which leads me nicely on to my next question which was have you always talked about mental health in your comedy or is that something that evolved over time yes to both actually Ooh. yeah I, I get asked this a lot and my first memory of using comedy to talk about my mental health and mental health experiences was actually when just with friends um, talking about like, I realised if I wanted to tell them the darkest stuff like the darkest experiences of depression or the darkest experiences of psychosis and hallucinations and seeing what I thought was the devil and being attacked by the devil and angels and God and time travelling if I could make them laugh about those things then they're more likely to listen for longer and it makes it easier for them to hear what it is I'm saying Mm. so that was the first time I remember kind of in my 20s going well I kind of want my friends to know more about this experience so let's make them laugh then I started working in comedy I used to be a journalist started working in comedy um, because I wanted to do acting and I realised that as a woman if I wanted to have a strong voice um, as an actress then I should write my own stuff and comedy was the best (laughs) way to, to do that and one of the shows that I did up in Edinburgh we were raising money for Mind because it was um, 10 years to the month that I was sectioned uh, under the Mental Health Act the section when I was 17 my 18th birthday uh, section under the Mental Health Act I started coming on stage each night saying on stage this is the reason why we're, we're raising money for Mind and I remember being so scared the first time that I stood up there and said this is why I was sectioned under the Mental Health Act and even from that very first day there were people every day who came up to me and said thank you so much because one person said my brother was sectioned under the Mental Health Act and he's currently in hospital and I've been so worried about him and seeing you own your experience has helped me have hope mm-hmm. and then other people saying thank you so much I've had depression and I find I'm really alone with it and being like you saying that's really helped so gradually over the years when I started doing solo comedy I started kind of talking about it more and more and more and gaining confidence the more I heard people's stories yeah so like the first show that I did went on tour in the UK and then went on tour in Australia and I realized I heard the same stories on the other side of the world than to what I heard over here it was exactly the same experiences and this amazing power that comedy has to unite people um, about these darkest darkest experiences that we can have as humans feeling so isolated because mental illness can make you feel so alone and I feel alone most of the time so if I'm standing on stage hearing people laugh 
when I'm making jokes about not only so so comedy has is an amazing power to um, to poke fun at and belittle um, an evil and uh, to break tension as well. We all feel tension around mental illness because we're all scared of the the classic craziness and the other and losing our minds mm-hmm. and um, if we if we lose our minds and we lose ourselves and all that kind of idea. Well, jokesters, tricksters in mythology are the ones who tread the line between what is socially acceptable and what is socially unacceptable. So we call out with the fools in in Shakespeare you know we're the ones who say the truth to the king but say it wrapped a joke is a truth wrapped in a lie so oh, I like that. Thanks very oh. much, mate. I wish it was my own. It wasn't. <laughs> uh, Bill Dare, uh, I owe that to him. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I think that comedy has this power to poke fun and belittle things that we need to poke fun and belittle at, either within ourselves or within society. And for me, I know that I have to make fun of my illnesses because they have such a power over me mm-hmm. unless I'm laughing at them. And I kind of see them as a cast of characters in my head and I can tell them to fuck the fuck off um, through making fun of them. I can also do the same with the stigma that I encounter, which has been increasing over the years since being more public about my mental illnesses and my mental health experiences. I've encountered so much stigma that I thought just was never there. Mm -hmm. But I realised I surrounded myself with friends and family who were so much more enlightened because of their own experiences. So, yeah, I'm able to belittle and make fun of the stigma, the illnesses themselves, and also the lack of change um, in society that needs it still needs to happen because we've got so much more awareness but has it led to much real change so yeah over the years I've kind of gradually tried to speak more and more about my mental health experiences in my comedy and hearing people's stories after my shows has just driven me to do it more and more to the point at which I felt like I was starting to define myself Mm. by mental illness like oh I'm a mental health comedian there's more to me than that and we are so much more than our labels we're so much more than our illnesses or or our gender or our sexuality was so much more than these boxes that were put in. Labels can be really helpful. It can give you a language with which to talk about what it is you're going through. Yeah. But it's a problem when somebody sees a label and that's all they see in you. And quite often with mental illness, I think uh, I know I've encountered people who still see me and go, oh, well, it's Juliet, she's a mental health girl. Yeah. Like, yeah. well, d- but I'm, I'm not. So much more. Yeah, am I, am I, am I not, I hope I'm funny. I <laughs> with, with a review of my last show, um, I didn't mention mental health till about, I think, 40, 45 minutes in. It was one very small little section of the show, like probably two or three minutes, and then it was done, it was over, because the whole focus of my last show was about positivity and happiness and all this, but I sort of dropped one little, like a nice little bit in towards the end, and I got a review, and it mentioned how I'd like laboured the point of mental health. Oh, man. And mm-hmm. I, I can take a, it wasn't necessarily a bad review, but I read that one little line annoyed me so much. And I was like, I mentioned it for about two minutes, 40 odd minutes into an hour long show. But you've picked up that one point. Yeah. Probably because mental health is a bit of a, a buzzword at the minute. And you've then decided to sort of almost chastise me for it. And I sat and I thought, how dare you? How dare you say I like sort of have a go at me for talking about mental health for two minutes? I've just made you laugh for 40. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm allowed to drop a little mental health bomb for two minutes and then make you laugh for another 12. Like, ah, oh, I was raging. So many tabs open in my head right now. I could. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, uh, tab number one. Um, uh, yeah, like the the fact that people they they pick up on things, and I and I appreciate. I, I used to be a journalist, and I get reviews, and mm-hmm. I, I I get that that's an absolutely essential part of the industry that that we're in. But it's being able to review self awarely, self awarely, um, being conscious of your own bias. Yeah. 
And the mental health trend in comedy at the moment, like it's, I think my first show that I, I spoke about it within the, sh- the content of the show was in 2013. And it's been quite a few years since then that I've been more and more open about it. And it's been this constant thing of like, oh, here's the top 10 comedians who talk about mental illness in yeah. their sets. It's like, it's not a nice little trend. It's We all have mental health, yeah. just like we all have physical health. We all sometimes get physically unhealthy for a little while and sometimes we get mentally unhealthy for a little while you can develop a long-term physical health condition you can develop a long-term mental health condition it's it can be episodic it can be passing or it can be lifelong talking about mental health in comedy or in art is something that people have done for centuries it's not just the current thing it's just that now now we're kind of more aware yeah we're more aware absolutely and we've we've now got this these new phrases and these new diagnoses we can stand up on stage and say i have anxiety disorder well freaking Woody Allen clearly did but <laughs> like we I mean not that you can back diagnose but you know what I mean like the mm-hmm. it's it's been a part of our conversation in society for years and it's certainly within art like that's the whole reason art exists and comedy is a part of art um <laughs> it's I think it's the most glorious part of art actually yeah. um but yeah I I think it's our way of coping with our own mental distress yeah certainly making jokes about it, it, it it's the only way to survive that's why I started making jokes about it is to survive my own darkness finding mm-hmm. light in the darkness is comedy for me yeah I did the exact same thing yeah cool. do you want to play a game oh hang on I'm not, games I haven't got my notebook out. oh is it cards oh. against humanity <laughs> this is my anxiety would you rather game um, okay can I also before we start yeah. oh my god your notepad is amazing it's very me isn't it it's very glittery it's, very it's incredibly glittery I think glittery. it's from Paper Chase what glitter other stationery shops other are available other stationery <laughs> shops are available but they're not as fucking good um, <laughs> I wear glitter on stage because it gives me that little bit of um, extroverting confidence yes, to get on stage yeah. I love glitter right so if you pick a number between between one and fourteen. One and fourteen. Yes. Um, this is, is this isn't a right and wrong answer, is no. it? I'm overthinking <laughs> this. Um, oh God. Oh no. Because now I'm thinking that the one that I've, I've thought of is <laughs> is the most obvious one. Because I want to say seven because it's right in the middle and it's obviously everyone goes for seven though. Um, no, I said the word one before I said seven. So one. Okay. I've overthought that slightly, yeah, haven't I? I? So. Yeah, Mate, a bit. Honestly. Right. <laughs> Would you rather be in charge of all the decisions or let someone else? be in charge but all the plans are going to change last minute <laughs> what a horrible it's question horrible. I felt sick when I was writing all of these I felt my, my heart rate has just gone yes. sky high <laughs> wait re, say the phrase so say, you can say either be so say if you're going out for the day yeah. you can either be in charge of all the decisions yeah. or someone else is in charge but then the plans change last minute and you know they're going to change the plan last minute if you let them be in charge oh my god why is my heart rate <laughs> so high Okay. Aaron is now chewing his fingers. Well, I don't think I can answer that one. <laughs> okay, um, I, I think, okay. Whew. Okay, listeners, I have paused <laughs> a situation. <laughs> Uh oh. Okay, okay. This is where the podcast ends. Um, I'm I'm using my grounding techniques. So let me put my coffee down. <laughs> I'm putting both my feet on the floor, shoulder width apart, and my hands are on my knees, and I'm breathing. I would say that I would rather someone else was in charge of the decisions, but I knew that they were going to change last minute because mm. then I can practice the idea of uh, letting go, and this is out of my control, yeah. and uh, what I do what I can change, change what I can, uh, realize the 
difference between what I can change and what I can't change and have the serenity to accept no serenity to accept the things I can't change the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference um, and just go with the flow and accept accept the new experiences that come into my life yeah yeah. Uh, that <laughs> for me too <laughs> I, I hate oh, making decisions I mean I the, too much pressure and too much I'm s- such a people pleaser that I'm like say if someone's like do you want to go to a restaurant I won't think of what I want to go I'll be like well, what will they like and yeah. what would they eat and oh I hate well no but then I also hate plans changing last minute because I'm, I'm a very fussy eater um, so if I know I'm going to a restaurant I will look at that menu pick what I'm going to have so I know when I get there no anxiety I know there's something I'll eat I'll know what I'll have and the amount of times Matthew if you're listening <laughs> oh Matthew change, change the plan last minute and just something like flips in my brain and I'm like oh god well I'd sat and I'd planned and I knew what was going to happen I knew there was something I would do there or eat there or whatever yeah. so plans change in last minute pisses me off but I suppose if I knew that was the kind of person who was going to change the plan I'd be like I'll just have to like say go with it and then at least if it all goes wrong it's not my fault I, I get like I, I do the because of the eating disorders recovery I research the menus of yes, restaurants that I go yep. to just to give myself a bit of you know um, a bit of help a little bit of um, yeah. um, preparation and calming so that you're not kind of faced with the wall of food um, yeah. on the menu that's that's what I call menus is walls of food, of food. <laughs> um, yeah the uh, but I the more I practice what I just said of like it's a and it's a practice that's not a natural thing that's come to me mm. of like oh let's just be zen about it all but the more I practice this um, idea of okay well if, if things change uh, then I can't control it and that's okay yeah. then the more I start to enjoy the uh, the lack of control mm-hmm. um, however the the answer I gave you just now was was the um, was the kind of uh, um, hallmark card uh, <laughs> perfect version what I really mean is I hate responsibility yes. so uh, that's yeah. why I'm not going to be in charge of all the decisions <laughs> um, but weirdly like being being a comedian people keep like how how can you hate responsibility and hate decisions and have anxiety disorder and do comedy oh yeah but yeah. it makes perfect sense to me because like so if, the admin I am in control of exactly. that that is oh spreadsheet love a spreadsheet anyone need a spreadsheet I'll do your spreadsheet and oh. it's, it's like normally I walk around with this uncon- like this uh, irregular amount of anxiety going on mm-hmm. for no reason at least when I'm on stage I know where to f- yeah. channel that yeah. anxiety yeah, exactly it's for a good cause at the end of and it it's very much like every day might be different in comedy but there's a very similar template it yeah, follows yeah. and I find that quite comforting it's also very clear whether it's a good gig or a bad gig oh yeah <laughs> Yeah. It's fairly fairly black and white in that sense. <laughs> uh, we've got about five minutes left, so oh, man, would I... you like to ask our final question? Yeah, if you could go back to your younger self um, and give yourself some advice on mental health and living without misery or with a bit less misery, what would you tell yourself? Just, we, like to finish, finish, we like to finish with a small question. Yeah, yeah. really easy, easy yep. questions. What an easy we, question. We'll you with a game. <laughs> oh, mate. Uh, yeah, that game was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, a crisis during this episode. <laughs> uh, I, you know, what? I've been asked this question a few times, um, and I, 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 I always struggle with it because, yeah, I, I think I don't know. I don't think I could have said anything that would have changed my path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why I do my shows because I hope there might be someone in the audience who might be on a similar pathway to the dark part with pathway that I was treading, and I might say something that might just change it in a positive way. It might go down a different pathway to me and not be as feel as alone as I used to feel. Um, I, I think. 
I think that what I would say to my younger self is um, it doesn't get better. It gets it doesn't get easier. It gets different. Mm -hmm. And that there are things it is worth the effort. I'm not going to lie to my younger self and say, oh, it's wonderful. It's all going to be it's all going to work out fine. You're worrying for nothing. No, it's okay to feel the way you're feeling. And just because you feel like you don't have a voice now, you are going to have a voice and it will be heard and not necessarily by who you want it to be heard by right now. But most importantly, you will start to hear your own voice. Lovely. That was a good one. Very nice. Amazing. Thank Thank you you very much. (laughs) Cheers. Thank you. We hope you can take something from this podcast away with you in your day-to-day life. Whatever situation you're in, you're not by yourself. We can share our stories, share our experiences. We can help each other know that things do get better. That's it. That's the end of the episode. Uh, We did it. We made it through another one. Thank you very much to Julia. And if you wanted to see Defined on Next Up, go over there now and have a watch. It's perfect. Uh, I saw the show at the Edinburgh Fringe this year, and it's bloody fantastic. Thank you very much to Lauren. Thank you to Dave. Thank you to Calm. Uh, Thank you to everyone involved with helping make the podcast. And thank you for listening again, if you've made it to the end of my little thank yous. Anyone that will be in the news this week, Dave and Karma doing three nights of stand-up comedy called Comedy Against Living Miserably. Uh, The first one is on November the 19th, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, And tickets are available now. And the tickets are free because it's being broadcast on Dave next year to raise money for Calm. Uh, There's two more dates in December, but if you go to the Dave Twitter There'll be more information on there. Um, so why don't you go and listen to some comedy for it? Well, you don't even listen. You can see it. It's real life. It's not like a podcast where it's just in your ears. It's all around you. Uh, and you could go do that. And that's it. That's shopkeeping done. Anything else? No? I hope you have a nice week. Or just enjoy whatever you're doing. I'm going to stop rambling now. Goodbye. 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 deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugged your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do, tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum, Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell, and dad, Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising people. <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone, a Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel.